Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is brought to you by our new sponsor, ConcertMats.com. Head on over to ConcertMats.com and create a -a one-of-a-kind mat from your favorite concert memory in three easy steps. Again, head on over to ConcertMats.com for more information. And now it's time for the two-man power trip of wrestling. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the Two Man Power Trip. Oh my God! This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the Two Man Power Trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the Prince of Pro Wrestling, and you are listening to Two Man Power Trip. This is Jimmy Van the Boogie Woogie Man. Come on, people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there, this is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, me, Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. body you can break a man's will you can break a man's spirit but i am unbreakable this is the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today empowered by our good friends over at ConcertMats.com. Head on over to ConcertMats.com and find out how you can create a -a one-of-a-kind mat from your favorite concert memory. And of course, those mats start at only $49, and you can find out the whole entire story on how this amazing product came about over at ConcertMats.com and a little bit more about ConcertMats later on in the show. But first, I want to welcome you to the two-man power trip of wrestling. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only, my tag team partner, John Paz. And John, today on the show, we are joined by one of your absolute favorite guys in the business right now. He's currently on the shelf, but maybe for not that much longer, he is the one and only Big Mike, Michael Elgin, the unbreakable one, 
Michael Elgin, who joins the show today, and we were so pumped to get Michael Elgin on. He's a guy we had actually been working on for quite a long time, and John, I know he's somebody who was at the top of your list, because when you make that list of guys that this <laughs> this co-host of mine is obsessed with in professional wrestling, Michael Elgin is one of them at the top, alongside of, of course, AJ Styles, Okada, Daniel Bryan, these guys that John, I know you absolutely love. Uh, Big Mike is on the top of that list with those great names because he's somebody who I know we respect his work ethic. We respect what he does over in Japan. And even though he's made quite the name for himself in Ring of Honor over the past couple of years, and he had the huge story, which I give my partner all the credit in the world. He tried to get the full story out of Michael Elgin. But when you think about what he's done in New Japan Pro Wrestling the last couple of years, capturing the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, it's been quite the journey for him, and as we move forward, and as Big Mike gets healthy, and we move towards a Wrestle Kingdom in the early part of 2017, there's a lot of speculation as to whether or not Michael Elgin's going to be back, and hopefully we do a very good job in getting those answers out to the podcast listeners of the show because Michael Elgin does elaborate on his status, on his injury, and where he's going to be in the next couple of weeks, couple of months. So I definitely think you want to stay tuned for that. But John, as I welcome you in here, why don't you tell us a little bit more about Michael Elgin, what this journey has been like so far, and obviously in New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's a proving ground of sorts and that's kind of the wink-wink for what we're going to talk about in just a minute. But, John, talk about how he's really proved himself to be one of the top gaijins in a uh, culture of wrestling that is, uh, I got a standard of excellence that I know it's got a lot to live up to when the Americans go over to Japan. But Big Mike has really taken it on as his own and created quite the resume for himself over there in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes, Chad, another week, another absolutely awesome episode here at the two-man power trip and of course today i'm talking about mr unbreakable big mike michael elgin one of my favorite wrestlers in wrestling today there's no doubt about it one of my favorite top current guys if you will absolutely love this guy i love his style i love the smash mouth i love the power bombs i love the stiffness just love the way he works, and I just think he's one of the best guys going today. And if you're not familiar with him, you better get yourself very familiar with him. Obviously, he's a top star in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he is a New Japan Pro Wrestling contracted guy. Yes, obviously, he works for ROH a lot, but he obviously is contracted in New Japan, which is just awesome in its own right to say that because not too many... Um, Guy Jins are, you know, specifically signed by New Japan Pro Wrestling. There's only a couple really right now that you can name. But if you go through the lineage and the histories of the Guy Jins in New Japan Pro Wrestling and even in Japan in general, some huge, huge legendary names. Obviously, the first name that comes to mind is probably the best ever as far as a Guy Jin over there in Japan. A guy like Stan Hansen, who obviously was with All Japan Pro Wrestling for a very long time. But when you think New Japan, you think of a lot of guys like Scott Norton or Big Van Vader and guys like that who you kind of associate with being top names as far as Gaijins in that promotion. And when you think about Michael Elgin, when you think about Big Mike, he is named right up there along with those guys for sure. And I love the comparisons and I love that we get into the comparisons and I love that we were talking about Big Scott Norton and kind of how a lot of people say that 
They're very, very similar. Obviously, Norton is a former two-time IWGP World Champion. Big Mike is a former IWGP Intercontinental Champion. He hopes to become the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, and we do go into great details about you know, what his goals are, what he wants to be, being the top star in Japan, what that really means. Because when you're the top star over there, when you're known as the best wrestler over there, you're pretty much going to be stamped as the best wrestler in the world as far as in-wearing quality is concerned. So being the top star over there is a huge, huge deal. I'm still glad with a lot of these guys that it's almost a bigger deal to them being a big star over there than it is being over here because sometimes over there it's more let's just say you know realistic in a way you know if you're a top star over there you're definitely a great worker if you're a top star over here people are like oh yeah he's a great entertainer or he's a you know he, he could do this or he could do that but not necessarily focused on the in ring and that's why i love big mike he's no frills no bs he's all about that in-ring action i just love his style love everything's about and just think about how impressive he's been in new japan pro wrestling those two great G1 tournament runs that he had unbelievable we go into pretty much almost every match they had over there which is it's a little intense but I I absolutely love it I love kind of going through each guy and some of them are just my absolute favorites in wrestling to see Mike wrestle some of those guys just awesome Uh, we talk about Wrestle Kingdom coming up we talk about his eye injury that he currently is out with when he's going to return uh, we go into great detail about that. We want to talk about um, in here who he wants to face in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So we get into detail about that. We also get into some great details about Okada, who might be arguably the greatest wrestler in wrestling today. Kenny Omega, who we had a couple legendary matches with, including the first ever New Japan Pro Wrestling history, a ladder match, which uh, was almost five stars on the Meltzer scale, so definitely, definitely want to go out of your way to check that one out. Uh, We talk about Naito and the feud there, and obviously that kind of leads into the eye injury. And then, of course, possibly Big Mike's greatest match in New Japan and one of the best matches I've seen in a while. It's him against Tomohiro Ishii. We go into great detail about the Stone Pitbull and kind of the chemistry that they have and everything else. So I just love this New Japan talk. I love Big Mike. I, like I said, he's one of my favorites in wrestling today. And I love kind of getting in depth on where he wants to be and kind of where he sees himself and where he sees himself returning very, very soon. Yeah, and, and as he gets bigger on this world stage in New Japan Pro Wrestling, I think if you become a fan of his and you see his work, you go back and check out all the amazing stuff that he did in Ring of Honor a couple of years ago, and I just mentioned it very briefly, but you do try to get into what happened with his departure while, while he was champion, excuse me, the vac- vacating of the Ring of Honor Championship while he was the champion. And, uh, you know, it kind of, uh, it's, a, it's a touchy subject, it looks like, a little bit. So I give you credit for trying to get into it. But it doesn't hamper what you did talk about with Ring of Honor and really dissecting the entire main run that he had in Ring of Honor as a champion, as a top guy. And obviously that's helped him catapult into what he's doing now, which is also another reason why he was on the show to talk about Glory Pro Wrestling, his brand new wrestling league out of St. Louis. But talk about the Ring of Honor run, John. Give us a little bit of the details and a couple of the highlights that really stand out to you as the main things to come from his time in Ring of Honor Wrestling. Oh, yeah. You can't talk about Big Mike without talking about Ring of Honor. Yes, he's a former ROH World Heavyweight Champion. And if you think about that run, obviously there was some controversy. We got cut short in a way. 
Um, there were some visa issues. There were some management issues. We go into a little bit of detail with that. Not too much. We didn't kind of want to uh, beat on that or harp on that uh, kind of too much. But we do talk about that for sure in the interview. We talk about the Adam Cole world title feud. That was pretty damn good. I mean, when you get the wife involved, when you get the head shaving involved, it makes it a personal issue. And when personal issues are involved in feuds, it only makes it better. It only makes it more intense. It only makes the people care about it even more. So it was great to hear that that was kind of Big Mike's idea, and that was his twist on it, and that's what he wanted to add to the feud. So anytime you uh, add in the opponent or the villain, if you will, beating up the, the face's wife and shaving the, the, the face bald, you definitely want to see that revenge. You definitely become invested in it, and you love the feud. So I just I thought that was a great feud, and I love going into detail with Big Mike and talking about it and kind of picking his brain on that uh, i love talking about his amazing amazing five-star match a couple years ago against davy richards which was for the roh world title and i just loved his psychology and talking about that match and talking about davy richards because that is one of my favorite matches of all time for sure it's just unbelievable if, if you watch it go back and watch it go to roh.com wrestling.com go to youtube whatever you gotta do get the big mike dvd whatever Watch that match. Watch the crowd go nuts. Watch literally the announcers are going nuts. You will love that match. And we go into great detail about that match in this interview, which is a lot of fun. And a little topic that I enjoyed, talking about Big Mike and where that kind of came from. Because he went from Unbreakable, then became Big Mike. So that was some very, very cool stuff that I liked going into. And then, of course, cannot fail to mention his new league that he's starting up in February of 2017. It's called Glory Pro, and you can check them out at Glory Pro 2017 on the Twitter machine. So definitely check them out on Twitter, see what's going on. I know he's got a big-time tournament coming up and a lot of great matches coming up in February for his opening show. Uh, he's got Tyson Dukes, he's got Ethan Page, he's got the last real man silas young and of course he's got himself big mike so anytime he's on the card or anytime he's going to have a match you definitely want to keep yourself glued in and definitely want to uh kind of keep your eyes open for that because he's had some great legendary contests in his career i mean we mentioned adam cole cannot fail to mention aj styles okada naito omega ishii i mean the list goes on and on forever i can go on for days about how many good matches and, and great opponents that he's had so sit back, relax, enjoy this one, because one of my favorite current guys, that's right, baby, Big Mike, Michael Elgin. We cover Ring of Honor from pillar to post. We get the breakdown of what's going on in New Japan Pro Wrestling. We find out everything there is about Glory Pro, which is debuting in 2017. But we also find out the passionate wrestling figure collector that Big Mike is, and that is so awesome to close out the show I mean, to think about a wrestling uh, personality who is just so wrapped up in collecting the old school wrestling figures, is that is just to me, I get tickled every time we talk to somebody that has a, uh, a cool connection back to, the, uh, to being a fan. And, and it's really sweet to, uh, to talk to Michael Elgin about WWF Hasbro figures and WCW Galoob figures. That to me is just, I'm smiling right now talking about it. But John, I know you love this interview and I hope everybody enjoys it as we get towards the end here of 2016 and move forward to 2017. And as you hear the music start to creep in, John, hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business and get it on over to the unbreakable one, Big Mike, Michael Elgin.
And now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Rasslin Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, please subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're on iTunes, check out the feed for past legendary episodes featuring the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, Bruno Sammartino, Jesse the Body Ventura, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, WWE Lead Attorney, Jerry McDivitt, the phenomenal AJ Styles, the Demon Kane, Dean Ambrose, and so many more. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. Also, while you're surfing the web, go to wrestlinginc.com. Yes, that is wrestlinginc.com, your number one news source for professional wrestling and sports entertainment. Also, please check out prowrestlingtees.com. Yes, that is prowrestlingtees.com for your t-shirt needs featuring stores like our own store at the two-man power trip of wrestling tito santana coco beware magnum ta paul orndorff kevin thorne and buff bagwell also for you android users out there check us out on player fm and now without any further ado a former pwg tag team champion a former Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion, and a former New Japan Pro Wrestling Intercontinental Champion. He is one of the top gaijins in Japan. He is unbreakable. He is one of the best wrestlers in the game today. He is Big Mike. Michael Elgin. Please enjoy. Send me to my grave. Send me to my grave Yes, yes, yes I got a big man woman It's time I leave Grab my keys Take the last shot of Jack Before I hit the road Find me unwinding Smell the sun shining Long hot stretch And it takes its toll Skin ain't as smooth As it used to be But my baby Always stand by me Not much time For me to shoot the breeze Here right, well, we're in the distance crying And joining us on the line tonight Is a world traveler Quite possibly one of the biggest names in the business as we speak. He's a former New Japan Pro Wrestling Intercontinental Champion. He's a former Ring of Honor World Champion. You know him as Big Mike. But the one and only Michael Elgin joins us tonight on the two-man power trip of wrestling. Thank you so much for taking the time. Oh, no problem. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. And I think the coolest thing to start off this interview is to talk about Glory Pro Wrestling run by you this is uh it's been popping up on uh, social media watching you grow this promotion from uh the onset has been pretty fascinating but tell us uh, how did it come about and uh what are your expectations about uh turning over to the promoting side of professional wrestling uh well you know what i used to run shows back in canada um and basically for the same reason as I want to run shows in the States. Um, I started in Canada because myself and my friends, uh, we worked super hard in Ontario and we would get a lot of uh, opportunities stateside, not so much in big matches, but in companies because we were willing to travel. 
and we just loved wrestling so much. That's all we thought about. You know what I mean? It just uh, eclipsed our lives. And in Ontario, the guys that came before us that thought, you know, maybe they were better than us, got all the opportunities. So I ran shows to give my friends that didn't get the opportunities opportunities I thought they deserved. And uh, really, that's just what I want to do. Um, you know, I run a school here in St. Louis, and a lot of the guys have been doing great, and uh, quite a few are getting exposure. But exposure on a show and exposure in a match with somebody who can make you better and a match that people want to see is really important. So I want to give my students opportunities. I want to give guys opportunities that I might have wrestled on a show and thought, man, this guy's really good. Why isn't he with Evolve or Ring of Honor or TNA or even WWE? And, uh, or I want my students to come home after a weekend of work and we're in class and I ask them who they worked with and they tell me and uh, they say he's really talented. I ask them for a link to the video and I agree with them and I think they're really talented. I want to give them that opportunity. Uh, and I really just want to use an array of guys and, and try to build something different in St. Louis because I really think that if you look at back at the history of pro wrestling in St. Louis, it has such a rich history. And in the last, you know, man, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years even maybe, there hasn't been anything um, that makes St. Louis a destination. I think the St. Louis anarchy was like on the verge of doing that. It was really, people were really getting behind it. It was getting distributed better. More people were seeing it. And uh, then they, you know, shut down to help out with that NWL that's starting out here. And I just think that it was time to start something. So I had some time, unfortunately, due to an injury. But I had some time to actually put it all together finally instead of just talk about it. And now we're here. And that's just really cool because, yeah, it's unfortunate you're out with an injury, but to see what you've been able to foster from the get-go, from the ground up, it's uh, like I said, it's been fascinating. And, you know, to grow something like a wrestling promotion in 2016, it's uh, it's a lot different than maybe it was, you know, when you were promoting shows back in Ontario because now social media gets people talking halfway across the world. And actually people in Ontario could be talking about your promotion because of the fact they can see everything from, you know, the first posting through the talent announcements all the way through, you know, match results, and I think that that's something that really adds to it. But with getting students and getting people that want to train under you, and obviously you've been training people for for a couple years now, what do you look for in a student, and what do you look for for somebody that wants to add to Glory Pro uh, that maybe is either going to make them stand out or just kind of help you as a trainer to work out the kinks with somebody that may be, you know, not so in tune to the business yet? Uh, Really, you know, um, all I really look for is somebody that has a passion for this. Um, I think it's much harder to teach somebody something um, or teach somebody passion than it is to teach them a wrestling move or to teach them how to run the ropes. Um, If they have a passion for it and it's really what they want to do, I'm going to try my best to to help them out in that. And that's the number one thing, you know. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes in wrestling, uh, to the biggest stages or to the smallest stages, it lacks passion, it lacks heart. And I think that takes away from what pro wrestling is supposed to be. So that's definitely the number one thing that I I look for. And, you know, as you start to uh, unveil some of the things that are going to be going on in the promotion, you start to announce, uh, you know, the first show is out there uh, and it's coming up in February 2017. You start to announce some talent that's coming in. One of the ones that you just announced uh, is somebody who we interviewed very early in our run, and I'd love to have him back just to kind of pick his brain as to what's been going on since we spoke with him, and that's 
Tyson Dukes and somebody who I don't think gets to do credit uh, he deserves for what he's put into professional wrestling and still what he's performing like now uh, as a quite seasoned veteran. But why don't you talk about Tyson Dukes and how he's played a role in your career thus far. And obviously bringing him into your promotion means that he's made quite the impact on you. Yeah, uh, you know, I credit Tyson as my trainer. Um, he was in like in the school a lot when I was training in Toronto, and I would say I'd learned more from him than anybody there. And uh, he always took a liking to me, you know, the owner of the gym. I wasn't one of his guys. And every time he asked Tyson who was the best student he had and who was going to make it, he would always say to me, and I mean that's from – when I was uh, just a chubby 15-year-old, you know what I mean? But um, he always saw something in me, and I always really appreciated that. And he always extended uh, a hand to me and always wanted to watch my matches and give me advice. So uh, I learned a lot from him, and I think that I wouldn't be where I'm at with his advice and his input uh, the early stages of my career. So if he can work with a guy that I have high hopes for, he's going to teach him the same way he taught me. So I really think that uh, – He's a credit to professional wrestling. He's a credit to the human race, as a matter of fact. So um, I love having Tyson on board, and I can't wait to. to the, you know, from the early days when we first started the show, he was one of the first guys we had on. It's almost like even from our perspective, he got, he got us working, uh, you know, to ask uh, the right questions and kind of get us and get the ball rolling uh, really well. But, you know, we just saw him participate in the Cruiserweight Classic, and obviously WWE is kind of changing their methodology of how they bring in talent, and really there's finally a no restrictions as to who can get signed. But do you see a lot of your students coming in now just looking to go straight to WWE in some way, shape, or form? I don't think any of them are looking to go straight to there. Um, they all are re working really hard and traveling all over the place. You know, I have some students that, um, unfortunately, you know, maybe they can't travel the furthest on a weekend because of work or stuff, but, but they're still out there trying to get it. Um, and then I have some students that say, hey, uh, can you direct me to a place this weekend? I'm like, I can, but it's, you know, an 18-hour drive. And the response is, I don't care, just tell them that I'm coming. So uh, definitely everybody's out there trying to travel and trying to get their names out there, and I, I think it's succeeded. You know, um, a lot of my guys are making waves, and I want to continue to help them with Glory Pro. You know, speaking about, you know, making waves and traveling and doing all this other stuff, I can't help but want to talk to you about New Japan Pro Wrestling and you traveling the world and you really making a name for yourself, so much so that in Japan, you know, they always always talk about those high-level gaijins, the, the legendary names, Scott Norton, Big Van Vader, Dr. Death, Terry Gordy, Steiner, Stan Hansen, I mean, I can go on and on, but your name is being lumped in with those great legends. It's like this guy is the next, you know, up-and-coming top gaijin. What do you think about you know, your time so far in New Japan Pro Wrestling and how, you know, how you're being viewed basically as a potential huge future star over there. Uh, you know, those are uh, really big shoes to fill. And uh, <laughs> if that is if that is what people are saying, uh, I'm very gracious for it. You know, um, one of the biggest things I wanted to accomplish in my career was compete in Japan. A lot of my favorite wrestlers either made a living in Japan or uh, spent most of their careers in Japan or really made a name for themselves in Japan. Like, if you asked me my top ten wrestlers, I'd say probably anywhere between, you know, five to eight of them were uh, were more famous in Japan than they were stateside. Uh, just the style over there and the, 
the grittiness of it and how it's still respected as a sport. Um, it, I really love it. And the fact that I get to go over there so often and that I'm garnering the reaction I am from the crowd and from people, you know, back home stateside, I think I've changed everybody's perception of me. And uh, it's great. You know, I wouldn't change anything for the world. You know, obviously I'm uh, not home as much as I'd like to be with a young son at home, but Luckily, my wife wrestled, and she understands it and gets it, and she knows how much I love being over there, so we're making it work. And, uh, man, I just it's surreal to be over there and be in the position that I'm in when uh, it was a goal. You know, it's weird to actually obtain a goal. It's one thing to say, that's what I want to do one day, but when you get there, it's kind of like, oh, my God, you know, I, I wanted to do this for so long, and now I'm doing it. It's crazy. And it's awesome to see the kind of the, the impact you've had over there because you've been able to main events shows as the, you know, the top guy on that show. Is it crazy to think, you know, how far you've gone and you're main eventing in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling? Uh, without trying to sound like egotistical or, or anything like that, um, it's not so crazy to me for the simple reason that uh, I knew that if I really, really, really wanted to do something, I would do it. And I, I proved people wrong time and time again throughout my career. You know, I was told I would never... Uh, I might never make my debut, and then I made my debut. I, I was told I would never make a living at wrestling, and then I started making a living. I was told I'd never be in Ring of Honor, and then I started in Ring of Honor. I was told I would never be Ring of Honor World Champion, and then I was Ring of Honor World Champion. I was told I'd never be in Japan, and now I'm in Japan. So, like, it, it was just one of those things where, like, people telling me I wouldn't do it fueled it more, and I knew that I would make it. Uh, maybe I didn't know that I would make such an impact, but I think deep down I felt if I if I worked hard enough and and really believe in myself, I would. So it's kind of hard to, you know, to say I, I can't believe it in the same vein. Like, I can't believe it as well, you know. It's, oh, so it's weird to say that. It's like a catch-22. And it's funny when you, like, really look at New Japan for wrestling because they lost Nakamura. Obviously, they lost AJ Styles. So you figure, wow, you know, they're, they're going to go down in match ball there. They're not going to be as good or as popular. And you filled, you know, one of those spots, and they've been as hot, as good, and the match quality has arguably been better. Do you kind of um, sit back and just say, wow, you know, like, it's kind of surreal almost to a point that, uh, you know, you're filling in for Nakamura and AJ Styles, but, uh, you know, keeping the pace and almost do an even better job? Yeah, you know, it, it definitely is kind of surreal. But, again, I go back to that thing, like, um, I don't think anybody um, that plays a sport or whether it be professional wrestling, uh, playing hockey, or basketball, or baseball, or soccer. Um, I don't think you ever say to yourself, like, oh, man, I'm going to grow up and be an average baseball player. Um, you always have high hopes to be a star wherever you go. So um, it is surreal, but at the same time, it's like it's all what I always wanted, and it's what I've always worked towards. So... Sometimes it feels surreal, but sometimes it feels like, you know, I worked hard for this. I deserve this because this is all I ever wanted, and my main focus was this, and now I've made it happen. So it's a weird mixture of, of both emotions. And how are you feeling now? I mean, obviously you had that uh, that eye injury. It looked a little gruesome, but how how's your current health, and how's your eye feeling? Uh, you know, it's funny. The, the eye is great. What happened was... Um, so they take bone from my hip to put underneath my orbitals because if you use the same bone that's there, it's uh, it can break easier. So if you put the bone um, from your hip in there, it makes it a little bit more sturdy. So if you take impact to the orbital, again, it won't break so easy. Uh, so they did that, and to my understanding, um, 
I got home, and I was supposed to wait three weeks to go to the gym, which I did wait, and then I went to the gym, but my hip was still a little swollen. But I just thought, you know, there was a surgery, it's going to happen. Um, and then I worked out like two days, and then it just kept swelling more and more. So I went into the hospital to get it checked, and they were afraid I might have got like a staph infection. Um, so they checked it, and they said, yeah, the wound opened a little bit. And they assumed that what happened was they left like fluid if they don't, um, like, scrape the bone and take liquid off of it when they cut it, it can leave it in there and let it swell and not fully go down. So they believe what happened was that the swelling didn't go down because they left the fluid and some bone fragments in there. And as I was working out, I might have split it open and got sweat in. So they took, uh, they checked if it was, like, any bacteria or any staph infection, and it's not, but... Uh, they had a little surgery. They drained it to double-check. They wanted to make sure there was nothing on the bone that would cause harm, and it was clean. But they gave me antibiotics just in case because sometimes on the bone, um, like, they can lie dormant for a little bit and then spring out of nowhere. So they wanted to do that as a safety precaution. Uh, and I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, so I'm hoping that that's good news and that uh, I'll be back in the gym and back wrestling uh, soon. Definitely, definitely good luck uh, tomorrow, and hopefully some good news, and hopefully you will be, you know, returning to New Japan pretty soon. Is it a big goal of yours to return for the big Tokyo Dome show? Um, that's definitely the, the goal I have in mind. Uh, you don't want to miss the Tokyo Dome, so I will not be missing that. Wrestle Kingdom 11, obviously you were part of Wrestle Kingdom 10 last year against Jay Lethal for the ROH world title. What was it like working in the uh, Tokyo Dome, and obviously Wrestle Kingdom is the biggest show of the year, and obviously, you know, great prestige being for the ROH title. Uh, you know, I have uh, mixed emotions about it, and uh, it was surreal to be in the Tokyo Dome and be in a venue that I've watched so many great matches from, but uh, it was also almost a downer that it was like, here's a Ring of Honor match on a New Japan card. Um hmm. And not that, not that I didn't want to wrestle Jay Lethal because I think he's super talented, you know, one of the best wrestlers I've ever been in the ring with. Um, but I would have loved my first time there to be against a New Japan guy in a New Japan match, if that makes sense. Um, hmm. But it still doesn't dull down the experience of being at the Tokyo Dome and being part of it. Um, but, you know, I, I'm... I definitely am looking forward to getting in there as like a New Japan sanctioned match rather than a Ring of Honor sanctioned match. Still, you know, obviously Tokyo Dome, great moment, but another huge moment kind of kicked off your New Japan career a bit was the G1 Climax Tournament 2015, the, probably the most prestigious and legendary tournament in all of wrestling. It just keeps on getting better and better each year. What was your experience like entering a G1 and not only entering it, but you had quite a showing for yourself. Um, you know, that's another thing. It's like uh, you feel the emotions of, man, I'm lucky, and man, this is surreal, but it's also what you've worked towards, and it's also what you know you're prepared for. So it's it's really difficult. Like It's just such a mixture of emotions, and sometimes it's just kind of hard to put the words because there is so many different emotions, and at different times you feel one way, at another time you feel another, and now... After it's happened, you feel another, so it's really difficult. Uh, but I am very fortunate and happy and lucky that I got that opportunity to be in the G1, and uh, I'm glad that I performed well, and I'm glad that I garnered the reactions and uh, the love from the crowd and love from people stateside, the fact that now I'm a full-time you know, New Japan wrestler. So um, it's really just a mixture of emotions. It's hard to kind of pinpoint. 
It's awesome to see you in there in New Japan because you kind of get these dream matches against these, you know, iconic guys in New Japan. And when you fought Okada, who was, you know, obviously the ace or the new ace of New Japan, if you will, one of the best wrestlers in the world, without a doubt. What was it like getting in there with Okada for the first time? Uh, you know, it was great. And uh, it was our first singles matches, but we had some interactions with, in Ring of Honor. And it just felt natural. And I think it felt natural because he was so good, you know. Um, when you're in there with somebody talented, or I see, you can't even just say talented. When you, you can't put into words how great Okada is, but when you're in the ring with somebody like that, you can't help but be on top of your game. You can't help but uh, just be mesmerized how good the person standing across from you is, and that's kind of how it felt. And uh, to be able to to hang in there and have the Japanese audience who's not familiar with me. Um, buy into me being able to beat Okada in my first singles match in New Japan was just, uh, it was really great and something I'll definitely never forget. And I think uh, that was a career-changing moment. Absolutely. And how do you think those Japanese fans have, have really took you? Because for years they had a certain uh, thing about the Japanese audience that they were kind of uh, quiet and kind of themselves but very respectful. But now it seems they get into the matches, I mean, really crazy into the matches, and they absolutely love you know, all the, the hard work and stiff matches and stuff like that. So how do you think the Japanese audience is taken to you? Uh, you know, I think I remind them of the throwback to the gaijin they used to remember. And I think that's benefited me. And I think that that means that um, I'm just kind of bringing what they they haven't had in a while. And I think that they appreciate that. And it's just kind of a throwback. So I remind them of, what they saw growing up or what their parents told them about. Um, so I think they've really taken me because I'm kind of a throwback to what, uh, you know, the Japanese gaijin or the gaijin in Japan, I should say, reminds them of. And uh, they've been treating me so well over there, man. I, uh, I would be okay if um, that's where my career ended, you know. Yes, quite an awesome, you know, start basically to New Japan you've had. And I, yeah, can't help but think of some awesome matches. Obviously, you go back to the G1. I mean, against Goto, against Hanma, against Carl Anderson. The really match stuck out against a guy who I think it might be the most underrated wrestler in all of wrestling, Tomohiro Ishii. I mean, talk about stiff. You guys, you know, killed each other. What was your, you know, thoughts wrestling Ishii, and what do you think about him as a wrestler? Uh, you know, I, I would definitely um, think the same thing you. He's definitely the most underrated wrestler probably in the world, he's fantastic and can go and can go. He's a little spark plug and, like, you don't think he's going to go the way he goes, but, man, he'll go out there for 30 minutes and absolutely tear it down. It's it's incredible. He's a, he's a guy that just is absolutely phenomenal, and I would love to get in the ring with him again. And also, it's been really cool in New Japan Pro Wrestling, outside of wrestling sort of guys, you've been able to be kind of a um, – well, a protege somewhat, but you've been a tag partner of the, you know, the ace himself, arguably one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, what do you think about him? Has he been kind of a big mentor to you, and what do you think about teaming with him? Because that's quite a push to be, you know, put on that elite level with Tanahashi. Yeah, um, you know, I was amazed when they first said it, because I remember after the G1, saying thank you, and uh, I, I'd hoped that they wanted me back. And then Tiger Tori told me, uh, yeah, I think maybe you, Tanahashi, tag team, because you really over babyface, and him really over babyface, maybe tag team. 
And I was just like, oh, are you serious? Like, I can't believe that. And then uh, us being teamed together was, was amazing. And uh, what really I thought was great is, um, you know, uh, I think everybody thought I was just the, the new guy they were going to put with Tanahashi to take all the pins. And we actually had a pretty good tournament and um, almost advanced to the finals. So uh, it was great. And I definitely learned a lot from him. And I keep learning a lot from him. And I think he's learning some from me too, you know. So uh, I think it's a great partnership. And I think we're both going to be better after if he can get better than his. But I'll definitely be better after. Definitely a very strong showing in the World Tag League, and it's really cool that you're tagged with him because it kind of shows big faith in you, for you know, big faith in Big Mike from uh, New Japan. So you think that if they're kind of teaming you with him, they definitely think a lot of you? Yeah, you know, as I said, when they said that as I was leaving the G1, I was kind of taken back from it because I was like, really? Like, you think of me in the same vein as that, which is incredible. And uh, one of my favorite moments of my career so far was actually the first match we had in Tag League. Um, when we were in Korokin, it was myself and Tanahashi against Okada and Yoshihashi, and the crowd was chanting for me uh, when guys like Tanahashi and Okada were up there. So that was just uh, unbelievable. So cool. And it's almost like, uh, you know, kind of living, uh, uh, you know, a fantasy out because, you, like you said, you were a huge fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling and of Japanese and of that style. Do you, you know, is that basically what you like the most? Do you like that stiff Japanese style the most? You know, I can't pinpoint it. All I know is that I remember my friend getting a satellite dish. And it was the first time I'd ever seen a WCW pay-per-view. And it was the Steiner Brothers against Terry Gordy and Dr. Destiny Williams. And it was so different what I had seen, because all we'd ever watched is WWF in the early 90s. So it was a little bit over the top, a little bit cartoonish, and uh, this was just, it looked like I was watching a fight, but it was still pro wrestling because it was in a ring, and there was announcers, and the fans were there chanting for the wrestlers, and there's the signs, and there's the colors and the lights, but it was different, and it was like raw and just real, and I, I fell in love with it right then, and I think that just molded my love for the style, and uh, the reason why I wrestled the way I wrestled is because that that was like a defining moment in my life. The fact that it changed my view of what professional wrestling can be. Great match too, and actually they they had a couple you know great matches. I believe the one you're talking about is probably Great American Bash '92. I want to say something like that, but uh, definitely uh, an awesome match and, and definitely stiff. But you know what's pretty cool is, uh, you know, obviously they were IWGP tag champions, the Steiner brothers. You and uh, Tanahashi and Yoshitatsu, you won the uh, the never six-man title. So is that kind of cool that you, you get to be a New Japan champion in that regard? Yeah, you know, um, I, it would be nice to also be IWGP tag team champions, don't get me wrong. But um, <laughs> the opportunities and chances that I've been afforded so far, in such a short time in New Japan have been amazing. And uh, I really think that I have a lot left in me to give to New Japan. And I think when I get to return, people are going to see that. And uh, it, the the heart grows fonder, right, when you're away from something. And I've been away for it already too long in my eyes. So I think that uh, I'm going to go back on fire and things are going to be great. Absolutely, yeah. And... You know, not only the the uh, never six pan tag titles, but 
thinking about how you won the IC, the IWGP Intercontinental Championship, and how great that was and how much of a moment that had to have been. Was that kind of your biggest moment so far in New Japan, winning the IC belt? Yeah, I think so, and I think it's for many reasons. One, I won the IC belt, and two, it was the very first ladder match ever in New Japan, uh, and I think that's an incredible feat, and I think the fact that uh, they believed in me, and I know you know Tanahashi got hurt and he got taken out of the match, but the fact that the company turned to me when they had an entire roster that they could have put in that position um, uh, it means a lot to me, and uh, that's definitely a moment in my career I'll never forget. And until I win the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, it will definitely be the best moment of my career. Awesome. Critically acclaimed match. Meltzer, I believe, almost gave it five stars. I mean, if anybody hasn't seen it, you've got to go out of your way to see that match. But obviously, you know, it takes two to tango, and Kenny Omega was the IC champ at that point. You become the new champ. What are your thoughts on Kenny Omega, and what do you think about his you know, rise to superstardom in New Japan? I think he absolutely deserves it. He lives wrestling, you know, um, and I uh, can't help but also mention that he's Canadian. Um, it's funny because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes uh, Tiger Tory will make reference to the Canadians are serious and focus on wrestling. Sometimes Americans are goofy, <laughs> and it cracks me up because <laughs> he, he tends to really uh, kind of talk to me, Kyle Riley, and uh, Kenny Omega a lot because we're we're really, you know, our minds are just going in circles about pro wrestling. And uh, I think we think a different way and, and very similar to each other. And he's a great opponent. And um, I think, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world, if not the best. And I know people debate it. And I know people say AJ Styles, but um, which I think is also phenomenal. And, you know, no pun intended. But being in the ring with both of them within, you know, the last two and a half years, I think Kenny Omega's got AJ beat just by a bit, you know. Just a bit. Don't get me wrong. It's not a lot. But it's either... Omega up a bit or neck and neck, I think. Two of the arguably, you know, obviously best in the game. They're both amazing, and you've had amazing matches with both guys. But another guy in New Japan... I've also, well, I've also beat both guys. Oh, good point. So, not many people can so say that. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, not many people can say that, which is great. And, you know, obviously you've had impressive matches against them, but I'm kind of thinking of kind of the next guy in New Japan that has made tremendous amount of waves. He's even gotten cheered when he should be getting booed, and that's Naito. And obviously, you know, you end up losing the IC title to him, and your injury kind of precluded from that that feud kind of finishing up for now. But what do you think about Naito and that weird kind of uh, dark side that he is kind of portraying and almost being that anti-hero that's getting cheered a bit? Yeah, you know, um, he definitely has something that attracts attention. And I think that he's a very talented wrestler, but he did uh, he did put me on the sidelines. So um, when I come back, if the fans are still cheering him, uh, I don't know that he's going to be around much longer for them to cheer him. <laughs> what do you think about his style in ring? It's a, it's a little bit different. You know, he does a little bit, some some high-flying, but what do you think about your style of meshing? Because you guys had a prism pretty damn good matches as well. Yeah, you know, I think our styles mesh great. Um, as I said, he's talented, don't get me wrong. Um, and I think that's why people support him. Um, I, like, I think we have great chemistry. I think that uh, some of our matches were tremendous. So, 
I hope that uh, people love those matches as much as I love being involved in them. Um, so, yeah, like there's not much I can really say. Like I think everybody knows how talented he is. I really think everybody knows uh, just how great all these guys are. So it feels like I'm just giving lip service sometimes, but I mean it. You know, all these guys are so good, and I think that brings out the best in everybody. And that's why I think that in New Japan, uh, kind of everybody come has a new life. And I feel like this year too in the G1, you had another awesome showing. So it just shows it's like you're becoming the you know the Gaijin staple of the G1, kind of like Scott Norton was, or you know Vader was at one point. So it's really really cool. I think that you're kind of just falling in line with those guys. I mean, another great showing is Hanma, Evil, uh, Yuji Nagata, Yoshihashi, Omega, Night. So it's awesome. But the match against Nakajima really stuck out, and a lot of people probably aren't that familiar with him. He was in ROH, obviously. Pro Wrestling Noah, but what do you think about you know your showing this year in the 2016 G1? Uh, you know, I thought I had a, as you said, another really good showing. I had some different variety of matches and some different opponents. And uh, I my match with Shibata, Kenny Omega, of course, because I think we have great chemistry. Uh, Naito, which we learned that night, had great chemistry. And with Nakajima, who I also have great chemistry with, who are just some of my favorite matches. Um, everybody's so talented and so great, and the audiences that just want to be there and uh, support everybody is tremendous. So uh, G1 is one of my favorite times of the year, and I'm, I'm very fortunate that I got to have the matches I did. So um, I really, I really think that my performance stood out, and I think that if you look back at it, like me and Kenny were kind of neck and neck. Uh, of who is kind of having the best matches. Awesome showing by you, yet, you know, yet again in, in that tournament. But I can't help but think back in ROH when you were there. I mean, obviously, I mean, you're, still, you're still there technically, but uh, back when you really, really put yourself on the map, when people were like, man, who is this guy? I got to you know, I got to seek him out. I got to find his match. And I can't help but think of the showdown in the sun. I believe it was back in 2012. You had a five-star match across the board. I mean, Meltzer, everyone's saying five-star match against Davey Richards. Can you kind of just take us back to that match and kind of tell us what your expectations were, and then after the match is over, did did you know that you just had basically match of the year? Um, This is going to sound uh, – you know what? I don't know how it's going to sound. Um, but I was hmm. on the road with my friend Ash. Uh, he wrestles as Ashley Six. He took part in the – uh, top prospect tournament in 2014, I believe. Um, we were driving and we were just talking about guys who want to wrestle. And I said to him, you know, I think that if I wrestle Davey Richards on a big platform, uh, it's a five-star match. And hmm. it just so happened that when we did it, it was a five-star match. You know, I just, I love Davey Richards' style. I can tell you when I said that. I remember watching him against Tyler Black in Toronto for Ring of Honor World Title. And I was blown away by it. And I just knew that our styles would mesh together so well. And uh, Davey Richards is like a great friend. And uh, he treated me so well since the first day I walked in Ring of Honor. And uh, I know I'm pulling back the curtain a bit, but I remember him saying to me, like, whatever you want to do, let me know, because this is your night to shine. And he let me control things. And uh, the way it came out was picture perfect. And he was the perfect opponent. And, uh, I thank him so much. That was such a good match. And, I, you know, you can't help but want to watch it over and over again because it's just so good. But I remember 
the announcers. I mean, uh, Nigel was going crazy. Everybody, like everybody, was going nuts. I don't know if they didn't expect it, kind of to be as good as it was, or I don't know if they just got caught up in the moment. But you know, it's just one of those amazing matches. It's that you know match you kind of look back at and just are so proud of yourself and almost kind of say, well. Look, ROH, boom, there's my stamp, you know, along with the Smoke Joes and AJ Styles and all those legendary guys. You know, is that cool to say, like, that's my stamp on Ring of Honor? Uh, yeah, you know, I I think I had some other stamps too, but I and I think that I would have had a great stamp if it didn't take so long to get me back to the world title. Um, like that, where people believed I was going to win. I think the delay of uh, everything kind of hurt me in Ring of Honor. Um, so I, I think there was a couple shining moments where I really put my stamp in Ring of Honor and the history of it, but I also think there's a lot of missed opportunities. Definitely, and you end up, I mean, they do the, the tournament for the title, which is really cool, and obviously Adam Cole ends up winning that tournament, but it was kind of cool the way they set it up. There's so many guys in it, so many layers. And you ended up having, I mean, just amazing matches. If anybody you know, wants to seek them out, I believe they're on the ROH DVD that they put out. But you had an awesome match with Paul London, Carl Anderson. I mean, you were, like, tearing it up. So you felt like you were really coming into your own at that tournament was starting to, you know, unveil itself? Uh, yeah, I felt I always, you know, see, I hate, I hate to say things like this because it makes me sound maybe arrogant or cocky, but... I've always been comfortable in myself and I always knew who I was as a wrestler. Um, I know the style that I wanted to perform and uh, what I wanted to do. So I kind of just always stuck to that. And uh, as time happened, as more people started to understand my style, I think I got more confident in it for sure. But uh, I think as a wrestler, you have to be comfortable and do the same thing. Not, not in the sense of have the same match, but you got to be you no matter what match you're in, no matter where you are, no matter what position on the card you are, no matter what position uh, your personality is. You have to have an identity. And I feel that I've had an identity for a long time. And I think at that point, I wasn't listening to anybody else. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do, and I knew that people would get behind it. And you also have a pretty damn good match with Kevin Steen, a.k.a. Kevin Owens. What are your thoughts on Kevin Owens? Obviously, you know, he's he's, uh, on WWE Raw. He's the, you know, the Raw champion. So what are your thoughts on him? Man, uh, one of my favorite matches ever was in Mississauga against him, another title match in, I believe, 2013. Um, He deserves all the success he's getting. I think nobody thought that he would see the success he's seeing in WWE. Um, myself included to the fact was I always thought he was talented enough to do so, but thought that maybe the WWE wouldn't get him. You know, they wouldn't understand what they had in a Kevin Steen. And the fact that they do um, is unbelievable and so great for him. I'm unbelievably happy. After every match I watch of him, I got to shoot him a message and say, man, that match was so good. You're, you're just on the top of your game. I'm so happy everything that you're doing. And uh, he just keeps doing it night in and night out. Like, he's just a great performer, a great person, and I couldn't be happier for him. And then, you know, the flip side, then obviously, you know, you had a little bit of a feud with AJ Styles from Ring of Honor as well, but obviously, you know, he's the, the SmackDown champion or the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And it's funny when he kind of came back to Ring of Honor, I mean, he had a pretty good match with Lethal or a pretty good match with Roderick Strong, but when he had that match with you, it was kind of like, 
wow, look at AJ. And I was like, wow, look at Michael Elgin, you know, keeping up with him, you know, uh, you know, hold for hold, if you will. You guys just had amazing chemistry. What are your thoughts on AJ? Did you kind of ever see him, too, as being a WWE champ? Mm. You know, it, it's hard. I, he, it kind of in the same vein as Kevin, in the fact that he was good enough, he was talented enough, he deserved it. Um, but I was like, well, man, like, WWE's kind of passed up on him a couple times. I don't know why. Like, is somebody sour on him there? Like, well, what's going on? And then uh, when I knew he was going, I was like, this is it. Like, this is going to be probably the greatest career of any professional wrestler of all time because he's been a top guy everywhere he's went. He doesn't play politics. He's not, you know, a guy that people have anything bad to say about. And look what he's done. You know, it's, it's incredible. Uh, just the the work he's put in in his career and the people are going to look back years to come and he's going to be on the list of greats. Uh, no doubt about it. And what was really cool about when AJ came in and like your, you know, your big push was New Japan Pro Wrestling inked that deal with ROH and kind of changed ROH for the better and obviously led to you getting the New Japan deal, which is just awesome. And, you know, I, I failed to mention before, I mean, I said it was your first time with Okada, obviously your first one-on-one match was in New Japan, but you and AJ had a match for the IWGP title with Okada in Hammerstein Ballroom, which was just awesome, phenomenal match. Do you kind of look back at that New Japan thinking that deal with ROH and thinking like that was kind of a great launching point for you to get into New Japan full-time? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think that deal was definitely you know, a game changer for a lot of people and, and for Ring of Honor. And uh, I've been very lucky to um, to have benefited from it. You know, I think I was the first group of guys that really got mega over where they couldn't go without having. And uh, I think that Red Dragon's in that same vein where I think that, uh, you know, they're going to probably do more with New Japan um, and less with Ring of Honor coming up just because they've gotten so over and fit so well with that style. Um Man, sometimes in wrestling, it's just the right place, right time, but uh, it's also you get the right opportunity because you put in the work, and I think that's what kind of happened with me. Absolutely, and it was awesome. It was almost perfect uh, timing, so to speak. I mean, a little bit off, but almost perfect timing for, for New Japan to sign with ROH and then kind of lead you to get into New Japan. But obviously, before that, you end up winning the world title at Best in the World, and they did this whole storyline with you and Adam Cole, so what are you, you know, what were your thoughts on that story? Like, because obviously your wife's involved, and they do, uh, you know, the, the shaving, the head shaving, and everything else. Really cool storyline. What did you think about having your wife being involved with that feud? And what do you think about Adam Cole? Uh, I think Adam Cole is super talented, and I'm I'm happy that so much of my career was spent with him opposing me. And uh, I mean, getting my wife involved was my idea. Getting my head shaved was my idea. Uh, so I'm very mm-hmm. fond of those, and glad that people look back at those situations and. I think it brought raw emotion to the to the match and put more meaning behind it because that was all me. That was uh, stuff I went to Ring of Honor with and said, we need to do this. Definitely added to the feud, and I thought it was real cool and just made it different. But obviously, you know, you ended up not holding to the title as long as everyone thought you'd hold it before you lose to Jay, Jay Briscoe at uh, All-Star Travaganza. But was that, you know... Were you kind of falling out of favor at that point, or was that really that was that a visa issue or whatever what was going on behind the scenes? Uh, it was more uh, 
I was told that something could happen, and then when I did it, the owners of the company got a little pissed off, and uh, the person who gave me permission wouldn't have my back with it, so they took the title off me, which is which happens, you know. I had hard feelings then, and now I've moved on. I'm at a great place in my career, and uh, I still wrestle for Ring of Honor when I can, and I hope that they continue to grow because the more wrestling companies that have uh, a great, a great following and great product, uh, the more wrestlers can get the opportunity to perform for them. So I'm happy for them, and any ill will that I had for them is gone, and I believe that any ill will they had on me was gone, uh, and we've moved past it, you know. Maybe one day everything will come out, but for right now, you know, um, I don't want to ruffle any feathers because I love the relationship between New Japan and Ring of Honor, and I have a lot of friends there, and I respect everybody there. And it definitely, I think, worked out for the better for you if you think about it in the long run because turned heel or you, know, you had that disgruntled gimmick or whatever, but it's kind of turned it into this big Mike character. And I felt like that character, you know, the quote-unquote big Mike, is what got a lot of fans kind of gravitated towards you because, you know, it's it's basically, you know, you. It's like this stiff monster. He's just he's just big Mike. And I just thought that was, you know, such a cool name. So how did you come up with that name or that gimmick? Was it just something that popped into your head? It wasn't me. Um, it was just all over Twitter when people were posting about me and the G1. So I figured I might as well use it if people are already doing it. You know, the best <laughs> nicknames are given, not uh, not decided by one. So definitely, I love the you know the, it just fits perfect. I mean, it's a great nickname. It's very cool, and it also you know has led to uh, you know success in Japan and everything else. But then you throw in CMLL and, and you having a you know, with relationship with New Japan, having a relationship with our waste. So what's it like, you know, being able to go down to Mexico as well? I mean, it's it's been just great for you because you're wrestling literally everywhere in the world. Uh, yeah, um, you know, it's been terrific. And um, one of the bucket list venues is Arena Mexico, and I got to perform there, you know, quite often for the three weeks that I spent in Mexico. So I've been having a great career, you know, um, I returned to England this year. I performed in Mexico for the first time this year. Uh, I've been in Japan more than I've been stateside. Uh, it's been great, and I'm just very fortunate to be awarded all these opportunities. And uh, it goes back to that's one of the reasons why I want to start Glory Pro because I really just want to give people an opportunity to be seen. And I think with my name on it, people are gonna gonna at least give it a chance. And uh, I hope that what I put in front of them uh, knocks it out of the park, and they want to return. And I hope that they'll follow some of the lesser-known guys I want to use. With Glory Pro, you have any plans on bringing in any you know, New Japan talent, if you can? I, I would love to. I don't know if I ever could because I know they have like an exclusive deal with Ring of Honor, for the most part, I should say, because I know Liger does some other stuff. And uh, my pocketbook isn't as big as, as others, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> If it's ever an opportunity, I would love to, you know, uh, because I think I could do a fresh match that you're not going to see, you know. I'd love to put, book someone like a Tyson Dukes maybe against uh, Tanahashi or or against an Okada or uh, Ethan Page maybe um, against a Naito or, uh, you know what, no. I would book Ethan Page against, uh, let me see. Yano. I think that would be terrific. Um, 
So a match like that, I would I would love to put on because you wouldn't see it anywhere else. True. Did you like working Gano? Obviously, you know he's got a completely different style than than a ton of those New Japan guys. So he, you know, he that was something different for you. I loved it, and and what I loved even more about it was I had so many ideas because I don't get. I did did not get uh, a chance. Like I, I just people don't expect that from me. And the fact that I had all these ideas and he loved them and we did them and we got the reaction we did, it was amazing. So cool, you know, just because it's funny. He doesn't have that New Japan style, but he's over with the crowd so much. And obviously, you know, you guys did a little thing in ROH too. But it's just, uh, it's cool to see somebody different like that. But for Glory Pro, if you could pick a New Japan guy you haven't worked, you know, who would you want to work with in, in Glory Pro? Would it be like a guy like Sonata or... You know, who would you pick that you haven't worked with yet to kind of book a Glory Pro main event? Sonata would be number one that I haven't worked with yet. He is uh, one hell of a talent. And, uh, you know, as I I start to wind it down a bit here, I mean, we're talking about Sonata would be a great match, but what would be a a dream match for you? I mean, it could could be a a New Japan legend. It could be an all-time guy. But what would be kind of a, a big dream match for Big Mike? Of anywhere? Yeah, just anybody. Maybe you have wrestled. I mean, well, I mean, not, not have wrestled, but anybody who haven't wrestled. It could be from any promotion anywhere. Who, who's the you know the big dream match for Big Mike? Uh, I got three. No, let's let's list four. Uh, <laughs> Ibushi, Ibushi, Sakimoto, Okabayashi, and Masato Tanaka. Pretty good list. Yeah. With Ibushi, I mean, obviously, you know, he was in WWE. He didn't make that signing. You know, he um, he's basically wants to be kind of a world traveler. Is he somebody that that's definitely on your radar as far as maybe Glory Pro, or, or is that somebody on your radar for New Japan? Ah, uh, man, whatever I can make work, I'm I'm good with. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, pretty amazing contest, and obviously, you know, he's one of the greatest high flyers in wrestling today. Period. But as far as you, I mean, we're talking about your Ring of Honor career. You just had some amazing matches. I mean, we talked about AJ, you talked about Okada. I mean, there's so many good matches you have. But then New Japan, my God, to list all the matches again would, would take too long. But, I mean, you had so many great, amazing matches in New Japan and obviously wrestle around the world. I mean, you said UK. I know you wrestled Zack Sabre and uh, Ricochet in, in England. So do you have a favorite match or maybe a couple of favorite matches that you've had in your career? Yeah, um... Definitely with Davey, um, with Kevin Steen. Uh, I had a couple with Eddie Edwards, one from Ring of Honor, one from PWG. Um, and with Ishii and with Naito, as well as my ladder match with Kenny Omega. Is there anybody out there, like an opponent of yours, that you would almost say, um, besides Ishii, because you know, we kind of, kind of talked about him at length there, but is there anybody you would say has kind of flown under the radar as one of your favorite opponents, somebody that a lot of people may not know but they should get to know? Oh, yeah, that's easy. Uh, Josh Alexander. Now, why him? I, he's obviously, you know, he's kind of, a, I wouldn't say unknown, but he's kind of up and coming or was up and coming for um, the indie scene. So, you know, what makes you say him above anybody else? 
he's phenomenal. He should be making millions of dollars somewhere or at least in Ring of Honor involved, and neither one of them have picked him up. And it makes me want to pull my hair out if I had hair on my head. <laughs> that is uh, that is great. Now, with uh, New Japan, I know you said your goal was to return for Wrestle Kingdom 11. Do you have kind of an opponent in mind, or, or just getting to that stage would be good enough? Well, I have seen um, Scott Norton tweeting that he's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom, and if I could team with him against Sonata and Evil, I think it would be fantastic. Wow, that would be uh, an amazing match. And it's funny, do you hear that from a lot of people, that they that you remind them of Scott Norton? Because I've heard that so many times. Sometimes they go out looking on Twitter and just seeing some of the reaction. Yeah, yeah I, I get that and Dr. Destiny Williams. Oh, yes, definitely could see that too. Those are, uh, yeah, those are two great guys to be compared to, obviously. And those are some pretty hard-hitting questions to end it, but I just kind of want to end it on a lighter note before we go into the big pitch again for Glory Pro, and that is you're a, a pretty avid wrestling figure collector. Uh, if you follow you on Twitter, you see the the awesome collection you have, but if I could put a gun to your head, what's your favorite line of all time of uh, wrestling action figures? Oh, the Hasbro's. Hasbro over LJN, huh? Yeah, I think either the has you know what though the WCW glue hold a special place in my heart. I think that's because I own Big Josh, which is worth like five thousand dollars. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. Yeah, no, the uh, the Hasbro's are great, the Galoobs are great. But what was the figure that set that off for you uh, in, in wanting to collect uh, you know the whole set? And you have quite an impressive collection. Well, um, when my son was born. Uh, I realized, like, I kind of sold off my stuff when I was a young wrestler trying to make it and couldn't afford very much. And uh, I was like, man, that sucks because I collected them and it would kind of be cool as a hand-me-down. And, I mean, some of that stuff is worth so much money that if he ever is in trouble, he can sell them off and and it would help him. So I started looking back, and I I used to love the Superstar series, um, the Jax ones. So I, I started I started grabbing a couple of those because my buddies were selling them off for really cheap. And then I had traded, I sold a, a singlet to a shop in Japan and I asked for a present and I picked up a Kurt Henning Hasbro figure. And once I got that, I was like, well, man, if I'm going to have one, I got to try to get them all. So uh, <laughs> I'm starting to collect them and I just got a big shipment in and also a good friend of mine found a really good deal on a one two three kid and uh yokozuna on the green card so i'll be getting them this weekend oh nice wow that's awesome and one of the ones that i saw you picked up and made me extremely jealous but i never had it you know i had it in the box but i opened it as a kid you got ludwig borg in the box that's got to be worth something yeah i think that one's about a hundred and something dollars all the green card ones are really expensive and right now on the green card i have um uh, let me see who do I have okay green card I got the smoking guns Ludwig Borga and Adam Baum and I'm picking up um, Yoko and one two three kid this weekend uh, I think that's is that all of them I think that's is that it that could be no I'll be missing I'll be missing crush but I have a crush uh, but I don't want to spend too much money on the green card crush got it got it <laughs> see, yeah that's great that's my highlight right there I was a uh, had to sneak that in there at the end but 
as we get out the crystal ball and as you finish up the uh, the green card collection, if you look five years down the line and you think about Glory Pro, you think about what you're going to be doing yourself in your own singles career, but what do you think uh, Michael Elgin's going to be doing within five years in the wrestling business? Uh, well, I would hope that uh, I'm a former IWGP heavyweight champion main event in WrestleMania. It's pretty good. <laughs> Without a doubt, I think that that's. Uh, I think a lot of fans would be very happy about that, and we uh, we definitely hope that for you. And if you could share with the fans and the listeners of the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling, just where they could find out all the information about Glory Pro, and where they can find all the information about what you do with your training, and also uh, any of the other uh, social media you got going on, please uh, give it to us. The floor is yours. Yeah, uh, my social media is at MichaelElgin25. You can follow that. Um, And my promotions Twitter is at GloryPro2017. And uh, I would love to get that to 2,000 followers by the time we run our first show, February 19th. And I think we're well on track. I think we have about 1,300 followers, and we've only been uh, been a company for about a week. Uh, So... I think we're on the right track to get there by February. Um, and I retweet and then uh, put quotes around uh, the tweets I send out from Glory Pro on my account, hopefully getting some more eyes on it. So if you just follow them and uh, anybody who wants to maybe uh, go to the show that's within driving distance or in the St. Louis area, um, you can email me at glorypro2017 at gmail.com and let's get you a seat and uh, enjoy a good show. Absolutely, yeah, coming this February. And also you have the ROH-sponsored training camp this coming December, a couple weeks uh, from now, and that's obviously going to be another great thing. So many great things to come from Michael Elgin. We wish you the best of health. We wish you back at 100% and taking the wrestling world over as only Big Mike can. So uh, really appreciate the time, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.